Um, another minor sponsor is the ESV translation of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Determined. Today we're going to be telling our testimonies and giving our life stories. Um, so the new, I just want to real quick, I want to give you guys uh, the rundown on how we're going to be doing the prompts from now on. Um, each week one of us is going to, on our own, come up with a prompt and then... Uh, the re- the other three of us won't hear it until literally when we record. So, for instance, Cam, Adam, and Matt, they had no idea that we were going to be telling our testimonies today until right now. So, um, I think it would be cool because I think, I mean, each one of us would definitely agree that, that our faith is a huge part of our life. And um, I think it would be cool for just the people who are out there listening, whether you know us personally or don't, um, to know what we believe, why we believe it, um, etc., going into the rest of this podcast um yeah so does anybody want to go first well i mean i can i'm happy to i actually have mine uh i have my typed up on my computer from the mexico trip and i was baptized last summer um so yeah so i'm matt for (laughs) those of you who don't know me um i was born in technically i was born in the beverly hospital um in massachusetts and i lived for two um like two months in a place in raleigh and then we moved to the house that i still live in now as the time of recording this in newton new hampshire um so i grew up My entire life I've been coming to or going to the church that I currently go to, which is HFFBC, where all of us currently go. Um, Hampton Falls First Baptist. Yes, sorry. (laughs) And so just growing up, I have two sisters, both older than me, Um, both my parents, they're still together, Um, was from fairly young age, was, remember, just... Again, like, I've been going to church my whole life. Um, Would always... I became a Christian technically, like, I guess when I, like, said the prayer. I was probably, like, five, maybe maybe six or seven. I don't know exactly. I don't remember the exact date. Um, But I do remember my mom coming in and sitting down with me at um, just... I was about to go to bed, I think. And we just got talking, and she helped me go through it and... um, accept Jesus into my heart and then I just kind of kept going on like that for um, most of my like elementary and middle school years just kind of living it out um, walking the walk talking the talk but I didn't really make it my my own I just kind of I think as a lot of kids at that age do just kind of copying what like your siblings and parents do and just kind of doing what you are told is right Um, but again it wasn't it wasn't really my own Um, so then I just kind of kept going along like that. But then end of my eighth grade year, I think it was, um, I started having a lot of extreme anxiety, uh, and that like was devastating. I remember, um, I just remembered nights that I would just sit there, wouldn't sleep, stay up all night long. And the daytime wasn't really any better. Just constantly worrying um I actually when I would have anxiety it would get so bad that I would just throw up 
And then that caused more anxiety because I would be afraid that I was going to throw up. Um, and so I just really struggled that with, um, for most of my life. Um, I still do struggle with it some, but thankfully my mom, um, actually also struggled with anxiety her whole life and she was able to help me a lot. Um, she would sit with me and pray and just be for, be there for me when I was struggling. Um, but then through that time that I was just struggling with it all, God was really working in my life, um, really teaching me to trust him. So I know still now to this day, um, when people ask for prayer requests, one of the biggest things that I always say is just trust. I still struggle with just trusting God and knowing that he'll see me through um, every time of struggle, which actually is kind of relevant now to with all of this corona um, COVID-19 stuff going around, just all these different curveballs that life will throw at you, just trusting God through all of it. Um, but then, so looking back now, I definitely see that time between the end of my eighth grade year and ninth grade year um, as the biggest uh, growth in my faith. It's when I really, really was forced to turn to God. I, I, I could either keep trying to do it on my own and obviously that wasn't working or I could run to God. Um, and it totally helped me too. So, um, I still see the effects of that today. Like, to, like with everything going on, I'm home from college, Corona. I'm just, I, again, I'm <laughs> nowhere near perfect, but it definitely helps me a lot to, um, be at the level that I can trust God because I've been through, internally at least I've been through so much and just God has seen me through each and every struggle even when I've, I've felt like this is the end or just not knowing how I could possibly get through all that fear and just God has helped me through every single moment so I just have a lot of faith um, that he'll be there for me no matter what um, and so I think that in my life fear is definitely one of the strongest tools um, that Satan has used against me um, and just kept me from uh, accomplishing what God has um, put before me. But at the same time, um, it's definitely been one of the things that pushed me closest to God. So that's been really cool. Like, I know public exposure used to terrify me. So like standing up in front of a crowd or whatever, was just not a thing. Like, I just would never consider it. And then, like, in these last couple of years, um, God's just really been working through me with that. Like, senior year of high school, I started, I helped um, lead worship sometimes, so singing in front of people. And even just, like, going off to college, meeting all these new people. I remember times back in the beginning of high school that I was just so afraid to go to college because a lot of things that would set me off were just going to new places, new experiences, things that I didn't know what to expect. And that was just so tough. So I, I have distinct memories of saying to myself, I'm not going to go to college because I won't be able to handle it. And just going off to college this year, I didn't have any anxiety. Um, God is blessed me so much in that respect it's just 
I, I can't explain it other than that it's God working through me. Um, and just, it's really made a lot of new things possible for me. Um, and yet it's also just, yeah, as, as I've been saying, it's taught me so much just to trust God um, and know that he's in control of everything. Um, he's working through me and making all things possible to me. Um, and they're just kind of like current life updates. Yeah, I'm in college now. Um, I was baptized this fall, this past fall. Well, actually, I think it was in the summer. But that was really cool, just kind of like the next step in my faith. And then going off to college, a lot of people um, say that when you go off to college, it's like one of the first major testing points in a faith. And it's definitely... Um, I've definitely seen even more growth going off to college as I'm forced kind of into conversations with other people and just talking about and really thinking through what I believe and hearing what others believe. It's just kind of solidified my faith. Um, and I don't know exactly where I'm going with my future, but again, I trust that God's in control and he'll <laughs> see me through everything. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Um, I think for like a verse that would stand out to me, I mean, I'm sure all of you guys, probably all of you guys know it, but just one verse that's helped me throughout my whole life was just Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. And that's just been kind of a saying to live by in my life, just knowing that God God has a plan for it and God knows what's going to happen. He's going to be with me every step of the way. So yeah, that is my testimony really. Is there, I don't know, do you guys have any questions? Like, did I miss anything that I should point out? The Meteor. fact that I'm in your life and you changed it. <laughs> yep, that is true. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, you are a big part of my life, bro. I mean, oh, it's your man. birthday in a few days, so I, I love really. you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man thanks you didn't have to say that <laughs> no i mean like it's your story so i don't think you're... i ever realized how yeah. how big of a part anxiety played in in your testimony yeah um, yeah which i, I guess say... was probably the point because you probably didn't really want us to all know that all the time while you were struggling with it but yeah that is that is another thing that i'm actually glad you said that um it definitely did cause me to really in well so I would naturally internalize a lot of things um and just I would be afraid and I still have the tendency to just internalize that fear if I have anxiety I'll just kind of internalize it try to focus on it myself and not not let anyone know because I still I don't know I don't know if it's because I'm a guy and don't like asking for help but it still kind of like seems at times like a weakness. I'm like, oh, they don't want to know about that. I don't want them to know that about me. But I can say that every single time that I've talked about it with someone else, like while I'm struggling with it, like I'm just like, yo, I'm having anxiety right now. I don't feel good or I'm just struggling right now. Like praying about it, people are just happy to pray with me. And it's been so helpful and such a blessing. Like, there's definitely been times, countless times, that I've just totally seen God working in my life where I'm just so panicked. My heart is racing and will 
I'll talk to someone about it and pray about it. And it's like instant. I just feel like a calm coming over my body. And That's it's cool. just, it's so incredible to see how God can work through it all. That's cool. Yeah. Dang. Does anybody want to go next? I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, don't know. I can, I can give. Well, were you gonna go, Adam? Yeah, I feel Stages like I'm just yours. gonna, I'm gonna do that thing where you're in like class and you just hope that someone else will get called on the entire class. But I'm just gonna make myself go now. Yeah, I call on you, Adam. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. Okay. I guess I would start by saying that um, a Christian faith has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, my family is Christian. That's how I was brought up. I think I prayed the prayer, accepted Christ into my life at the age of five, I think is my recollection. And then like four other times after that. Um, cause my, at, at one point my mom told me that I didn't have to keep asking God to be a part of my <laughs> life. She, she was like, you can just thank him. You don't have to ask him every time. Um, but I actually, I was recently convicted when, when thinking about my past in kind of a negative light, cause it's really easy, um, for people with like really insane conversion stories to kind of like make those of us who kind of grew up in the church feel like our testimony isn't really that interesting. And one of the things that I thought about when, when like countering that is that First of all, the, the same God that saved me at five years old is the one who, who is saving people with these insane uh, testimonies. So it, it's not diminishing in any way that like my testimony is less interesting because it's the same God, it's the same grace that's extended to me. But then also, I'm honestly, when I switch my perspective, all of us are so blessed because the entire like I don't remember a time in life where I didn't know God as my personal Lord and Savior and that is like the most amazing gift we could possibly be given because I don't know what it feels like but I imagine it sucks not knowing God personally like I'm sure that is absolutely terrible um, yeah. and so that is such a blessing. And so shifting my perspective on that, those early years of my life and realizing that like my testimony might not necessarily be as flashy as others, but it's such a blessing to be not only know God my whole life, but also like be a, a part of building his kingdom for the entirety of my life, which is such a blessing and like such a gift to be that way. Um, but I would say that my my testimony gets a little bit more real, I guess, um, as I get older. There were definitely mission trips where I started to, like, make my relationship with God more my own. There was definitely my first mission trip to Boston, which I think was my eighth grade year. I was the youngest um, student on the trip. And I was with a bunch of upperclassmen and they were all talking about accountability. And I realized at, on that trip 
um, we had like, you know, like when you go on a mission trip, there's always like the second to last or like the last evening where everybody just gets unnaturally vulnerable with each other because you've like been through the whole week together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had that evening and and a lot of the guys were opening up about things that they're struggling with or um, temptations or like how they were dealing with sin in their lives. And we started being accountable to each other on on that trip that evening and that was the first time I looked at my faith as something not just that I like just kind of happens naturally, but something that I take personally from me and, and make make decisions and and pursue godliness on my own. And after that, I think, honestly, the next time that my I can think of that's a significant stepping stone <coughs> in my faith is... Um, the end of my, Ooh, uh, I would, I would say probably like the beginning of high school, um, was another like big space where my faith kind of continued to become my own. Uh, cause as Matt mentioned, like a classic problem and, or, thing that happens when you grow up in the church is there has to be a point where you are no longer going to church because your parents tell you to or like you're not you're doing things because it's your faith not because it's your parents um and so my freshman year of high school I started like it started becoming a theme where people would ask me about my faith because they would like hear some absurd rumor or something that like I don't know. It was, you know, high school kids just asking <laughs> dumb questions. But uh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would, I would have to share my faith like on a daily basis. Um, in like, especially I remember my study hall freshman year. Uh, there was a girl in that class who I'm not going to name, but Kim, you definitely know who she is, who okay. uh, actively practiced witchcraft. Um, oh, yeah. Just for fun I guess and so she had a lot of like questions about my faith and what I believed and that was like a time where I was learning what it was like to actively defend your faith not like not like lining up and just being like well my faith is better than your witchcraft but like being able to answer questions and and genuinely like formulate like answers that were like loving and kind but when people are like asking why do you believe this or why don't you do this or why do you do that having like real real heartfelt answers and like there's something that comes from a a new level of like learning and understanding that comes from knowing something well enough to share it and so like my faith became a lot stronger as I was starting to like voice things as I was sharing to people what I believed I started like thinking through what I believed even more thoroughly because I was getting asked questions about it and that was probably a, a, a big theme for most of high school um, probably up until like the end of junior year um, and around that time I I had slowly kind of felt like my faith was becoming more about a list of rules that I was gritting my teeth and trying to follow rather than a personal relationship um, with God that was for my benefit. 
And so it felt a lot like, like God was wagging his finger at me and being like, no, 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 no. You can't do these things because I told you so you can't have sex. You can't do drugs. Like I felt kind of like I was just not doing those things or doing other things because, because like, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and that totally, uh, uh, towards the end of my junior year, um, that summer and into, I would say all the way until my freshman year of college, um, obviously a progression, but I really started to like step away from my faith and not necessarily like you probably wouldn't be able to tell. Like, I wonder if you, like, did you guys even notice? I don't know. Um, when are you talking about? I feel like we, we almost like talked about it kind of at one point, I think maybe early senior year or something. Yeah, Yeah. probably. I wouldn't say I could, I kind of got what you meant. It's not like I was like, oh, dude, like, why are you an atheist now? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could tell that you weren't as... There was definitely a change, for sure, that I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. But but I didn't attribute that to any sort of doubts or questions that you were having or, or anything like that. Um, it, it was more just like, well, Adam's getting older. He's going to go off to college. He's, like, starting to become super good homies with a lot of with a, with a lot of his friends from school um mm-hmm. and honestly like i've always looked up to you and your and and what you've thought and your opinions on stuff and so a lot of it was just like huh maybe it's just another way to think about this topic or that topic and i didn't necessarily agree with all of it but i didn't necessarily um i didn't necessarily like i feel like i feel like i kind of didn't what's the word confront you on some of the stuff that maybe i felt like i could have that Mm -hmm. makes sense i was just kind of like all right i trust adam he's got it he's got a pretty level head he knows he knows what he's doing yeah yeah i I did notice i do know what you're talking about that and i remember actually specifically um talking about it with my mentor and i remember just kind of not like knowing exactly where you're at anymore and i just remember him and I prayed for you. Um, and then I do, I don't remember exactly how long, but I know a little while later, um, I just remember seeing you just come back and just how, like, I was very impressed by how strong you again seemed in your faith later on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for praying for me because I definitely needed it. <laughs> of course. Um, and, and definitely, like, I, I would the best way to describe that time in my life was like slow fade, like the end of junior year. I honestly would describe it best as like exhaustion where I was just, I was so tired of gritting my teeth and trying to just follow all the rules as best as I could. And I was just getting so discouraged. Um, and honestly at that time in my life, I was doing the most like evangelizing and openness about my faith like ever Mm. especially junior year and into senior year with like friends from school like i was sharing my faith like crazy while i was struggling to believe it myself that's um which was really cool like there were times where um my close friend adrian and i would would like have a three-hour conversation in the car about about like the basis of christianity and what and like what I believed and 
And at the end of the conversation, I'd be like, I didn't speak half of that time. Like I w- the Holy Spirit was speaking through me to me and him at the same time. Yeah, and I was going to say, do you feel like some of those conversations were you just reiterating to yourself or God reiterating to you what Christianity is? And, and what it, he's done it, for you? It was very much so like uh, I was sharing things that I knew from growing up in the church. And as I was saying them, I was reaffirming to myself what I believed. Um, but that didn't always translate over. And so especially during that time, like um, it pretty much culminated at the end of senior year. Um, <clears throat> I got into a relationship that was with someone who was not a Christian at the time um, or not necessarily the, as rooted in her faith as I was, um, which full disclosure, if she happens to be listening, she was a lovely girlfriend and, um, <laughs> I don't think she's listening, but, um, she was very kind to me. And, um, there were some issues with our relationship, but for the most part, it was just that the relationship took place in a time in my life where I was really not holding to my convictions, um, in my faith. And that, like really served to pull me away from my faith to the point where like, I remember times in the summer where like we were at church and people were praying and I was just thinking about other things in my head to avoid praying. And, and it was, it was such a slow transition that I barely even noticed. And at this time, I honestly don't even think that I had doubts about God's existence. I just kind of didn't feel like thinking about it or following him because I was sick of it. Um, and so that was just like that window of time. Like I was definitely like going through the motions, going to church and, and, and there were definitely times or pockets in that where I had like really great experiences with God that were, um, that were like resetting. But for the most part, I really felt like that time I was drifting for sure. Um, and then my first semester at Biola freshman year, I, I went in, I was still, um, in that relationship long distance with the girl from high school. And, um, I was still like somewhat not, I was definitely not following God, but when you're surrounded by a community of believers 24 seven and they live in your room and next to you and at all of your classes and you have to go to chapels and stuff, I was excited. Like I was really energized in my faith. Um, I was really like starting to get back into the word and, um, praying again, but I was living this kind of like double lifestyle where I was trying to take advantage of all the things that oil had to offer. I was, I was, growing in my faith, but I just had this area of my life where I was like not listening to God's call. And, uh, and so I just continued to like think that I could like pursue God for everything except for this one relationship that I kind of know is pulling me away from him. (laughs) And I kept doing that until like, honestly, not for long after I got to Bible, I think, like less than a month into being at Biola, I, um, I went to a prayer chapel. We have, we have a couple of prayer chapels on campus, um, just like quiet spaces that you can pray. And I was there really late at night and I, I was praying. 
I don't remember why I knew, but I was kind of getting the sense that my relationship was was a problem, even though I kind of knew the whole time. Um, and I was praying, and I, I know this is like a classic excuse for Christians to break up with people, but I was asking God, like, what do you want me to do about this? And I, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to explain God speaking in my head. If I don't, you guys have experienced that, right? I've, yes. Yeah, okay. definitely. It's conviction. conviction. Yes, and he kind of just <clears throat> like said to me in my head in like this exact tone of voice, like, "Come on, like you know this isn't the relationship that I have for you." And I was just like, oh, "Like, I know." And then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna read scripture because that's how God speaks to us, right?" And so I, I was looking for, um, I was looking for the passage where Jesus talks about, um, idolatry. Uh, and I think it's, uh, when he, he, well, he was talking about lust and like, if you look at a woman with lustful intent, I was looking for that passage and I stumbled upon, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And I was like, ah, freak that. Like (laughs) if your relationship pulls you away from God, end it like better for you to be without a relationship and to Mm -hmm. be following God. Or if you're, I'm sorry for any uh, any scholars out there who are telling me that's not the correct meaning of the passage, but whatever. That's The, the things are true whether that passage is support for it or not. Um, um, but I, So I read that, and then I was kind of like, ugh, okay. Um, and then the next day, um, my girlfriend and I got in a fight, and we ended up breaking up. Um, well, we, we were in a fight, and then we were having conversations about things and then I brought it up and then we ended up taking a break and then we ended up breaking up. Um, the semantics of that, not super important, but, um, after that I decided to just kind of put my head down and, and focus on like restoring or like reconnecting with God. Um, and even though I totally, started liking someone else at school pretty shortly after that uh that wasn't my focus at all um and i didn't end up dating that other lovely girl who's my current girlfriend who might be coming on this podcast um she said yes so (laughs) (laughs) um but i spent a lot of time um taking advantage of what bile had to offer so going to a lot of chapels and um restoring a devotional habit which has kind of been on and off but um, definitely been very more steady in my in my life than it ever had been before Um, gaining like a much stronger understanding of prayer and and really seeing the value of that and so just like under the like cultivation of Biola and that amazing community there just really finding um like a desire to follow God, not just because I'm following the rule book, but because it's what is best for me. And I trust what God thinks is best for me more than what I think is best for me. Um, and so now it just feels so genuine um, to me, like myself, where I feel like this is no longer just like what my parents told me what, what to do or what I know I'm supposed to do, but a, a true following of of Christ because that's what's 
that's what's best for me. And not only that, but he's what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the definitely other big um, spiritual growth moments after that um, at Biola. But I, I would say that as of right now, I think that's the biggest as far as like finding my identity and, and finding my faith to be my own, like wholeheartedly. But yeah. 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 All right. Well, I can go next. Um, so I guess my story starts. Uh, I was born a pastor's kid, of course. I think that's something that everybody knows about me. So I grew up in the church. Um, and I remember, I actually remember the first time uh, that I really thought about becoming like an actual Christian and like um, being saved was when I was six years old and I was sitting on my bed um, in St. Paul. And I was mostly just afraid of hell itself. And uh, that's why I chose to be a Christian, because I was afraid of what hell was, but I didn't really understand um, what I was doing. I just knew I didn't want to go to hell. Um, So because of that, church was just something that I did. It was just a routine. It didn't really have too much uh, meaning in my life. Um, Other than that, it was a social thing. And I had friends there who were good friends and who came from good families and were generally considered good influences on me. Um, And also it was just like, Obviously, with my dad being a pastor, it was just pretty central to my family's uh, lifestyle, like to my house and like how our family ran was kind of based on the fact that we went to church. Um, And I would say that was kind of how church was for me for a good portion of my life, especially once we moved here. Um, And I met you guys. And that was, I mean, like the social part of church really started to kick in and I really just liked going and seeing my friends at Young Bereans and in Sunday school, um, at different youth events, whatever. Um, and it, it kind of represented like a kind of coming here and that whole part of church taking over kind of represented a like a divide in who I, who I was, I guess. Um, because at church I was definitely known as like the pastor's kid, of course. And, um, so I just wanted to do everything I could to kind of embody that um, in, in a church setting. But then at school, it was like totally different because, again, everybody knew of me as the pastor's kid. Um, and honestly, I really just wanted my identity to be like separate from church and from Christianity and from God and all that. Um, and so like kind of living like that was kind of tough um, growing up where like I was... In, in one setting, I was, like, really going hard with with church. And then in the other setting, I was kind of um, shunting it off and kind of, like, playing it down as if it wasn't something that I wanted to embody. Um, and that's kind of the struggle that I had um, up until, like, maybe freshman year or so, sophomore year, I think, um, where I had the opportunity to go on the trip to Casa. Um, and really it was in the preparation for that trip and leading up to that trip that I learned, um, that I basically learned that I wanted to, that rather than trying to be my own person apart from God, um, I learned the satisfaction that comes with like embodying being a Christian and living for Christ and what that meant and how that meant that my identity should be found in Christ rather than, um, rather than being its own thing. Um, so I would say the biggest change 
that happened in me um, happened during sophomore year where I kind of came to that realization where rather than being embarrassed by being the pastor's kid and being the, you know, the, the good kid or whatever everywhere I went and rather than wanting to kind of separate myself from God, um, I really like decided that, you know what, like the way that the way that God, that God calls us to be Christians is to um, live a life that's intertwined with the Holy Spirit. And that's, I guess that's kind of when I realized that was in the preparation for the Casa trip. Mm. Can you expand um, on what Casa is? Yeah, yeah. So Casa, for people who don't know what Casa is, is a trip that our church goes on um, to Tijuana, Mexico, and it's an orphanage. Um, we send a team of like maybe 12 people down every year to Tijuana to an orphanage um and yeah i guess that's what it is it's called casa de la esperanza which is why i shortened it to casa that's just kind of how i know it um but i would say sophomore year for me was that year where i came to that realization and where i kind of like i don't i guess i recommitted my life to christ it was more like i just decided that like i want to send it and do what god wants me to (laughs) um so i mean the next year was junior year obviously and uh junior year for me was more of a year of just kind of listening to what god wanted me to do um we had that bible study that we did in the summer where we read uh culture making and just kind of all throughout that year i kind of was feeling i was just listening to what god wanted me to do and then senior year um senior year i decided to like send it and do the things that God wanted me to do, whether it be 603 or 630, organizing all that, uh, being a Sunday school teacher. I just was like really hyped to do what God wanted me to do and to um, and to kind of embody that, like the, the identity that like Christ is me, I guess, if you know what I mean. Like I live for Christ rather than kind of keeping those two lives separate. Um, and I really like, for the first time like understood the like immense satisfaction that just comes with doing what what god wants me to do rather than doing what i want to do um so yeah i mean from there i guess that brings us to now senior year isn't even over yet uh well i mean it's basically over might as well be over um looking forward to college um trying to listen to what god wants me to do in that um and yeah i guess that would just be where i am right now um there's obviously like other tangents i could have gone down but i think that that's basically the skeleton the the outline of my life up until this point i think my testimony is going to keep changing as i get older in the sense that like um as as things happen to me and and like obviously there will be bigger events that that um that change my perspective on my life and so like 30 years from now my testimony might sound totally different um but for now i think that's i think that's pretty much where i am um yeah i mean some people have that like that like aha light bulb moment of like wow i just really felt like i was saved in that instant and like I said, for me, I think I was saved as a six-year-old on my bed because I was afraid <laughs> of hell. But I think, I think it was a long process of learning what it meant to um, live that way, to live as a Christian, 
and understanding that my life belongs to Christ um, and not to me. So I would say I really committed myself to Christ uh, like sophomore year-ish. Like I don't really have a precise date, but um, yeah, I would say when I, when I finally decided that I didn't want to be somebody apart from God and that I wanted to be known for being a Christian, like that was something I actually desired and wanted, I would say that would be when I kind of made the, made the turn and uh, rounded the last corner on my faith. And of course, I'm still learning stuff. Um, we all are. Like Nobody has a perfect faith. Um, but yeah, that's the long and the short of it, I guess. Cool. Thank you for sharing. I think, I think just, um, I don't know, kind of thinking about people listening. I just, I know you mentioned at one point something called 603 at 630. Um, could you just kind of explain what that is? Yeah. So this is one of those tangents that I was talking about. I could have gone down, but I didn't want to distract myself, (laughs) get get off topic. But now that you don't have to, no, no, that's fine. Because now that, now that we're past, like we've gotten to the end of my story, I can go down these tangents. So, um, I talked about how like senior year, I decided to just send it and do what I felt like God was asking me to do. Um, if I were to backtrack to when I was really little and, uh, and I grew up as a youth pastor's kid, so I spent a lot of time with the senior high and doing youth retreats and stuff. And something that I really benefited from was the senior hires reaching down to me. And um, I can still remember like many senior hires' names, even faces, who like I really, really looked up to because they took the time um, at youth retreats and stuff to make me feel included and welcome, even though I was like four or five years <laughs> old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so that was kind of like when you guys all went off to college and it was just me for this senior year. Not, not just me. I mean, there's all the other senior Youth hires as well. Of one. Yeah. <laughs> there was other people as well. And actually Adam, Seth, Adam's brother, Seth was like massive help. And if we ever get a step up night tonight, I want to give him a special shout out because he's, he's the man. Um, and helping 603, 630 get started. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that one of the things that I felt really called to was um, sort of bringing that dynamic into our church where the older kids are a little bit more conscious of the fact that the younger kids look up to them. Um, And so I created, well, I don't want to say I created, it was more like I proposed this idea to Steven that we do a game where we split up into teams each Wednesday night and there's a red, blue, yellow, and green team and you're with your team all year doing a year-long competition sort of like what we do at brookwoods um play a quick game for points before every before every worship time on wednesday nights and the idea was that the older kids would kind of sort of get to know the younger kids on their team and uh learn to be role models i guess so it would be giving the younger kids an opportunity to um to jump in and have fun mostly it's just for the younger kids to have fun but also to teach the older kids how to be role models and to show them like hey, look, you're in this, you're in this position as a, as a senior hire and people look up to you whether you like it or not. So take advantage of that and be a good role model, not a bad one. You know what I mean? So that was the idea. Um, unfortunately, that's kind of all been canceled. But <laughs> the idea is that that will keep, that ministry will keep happening yeah. um, even after, after I leave. So Yeah. And no, I do know um, that I admire the work you've done 
with all of that and I know that um a lot of parents appreciate it too so it's just cool to see like you said how you're just gonna follow um what God leads and through that you're making a big impact but not as yourself but just by being the hands and feet of God and just my mom is a youth mentor um and has talked about numerous times how impressed she's been with all that you're doing or did this year just to help out and I also know um that you help out on Sundays too and I've heard from Mrs. Conan through Aiden a lot just how impressed they've all been with you so it's really cool yeah. just to hear your side of it and just a little bit of encouragement to know that <laughs> you're doing great <laughs> keep it up well, thank you yeah and I guess something else that I've been like super um happy about find found a lot of like satisfaction in is like um you know like in Esther when Mordecai is telling her like like you're in this position in this time in this place for this reason like maybe God put you here you know, you know what I'm saying yeah mm-hmm. when Mordecai is telling her that um I feel a lot of that for me myself like I think I kind of grew up wishing I was in the same grade as you guys because I was just kind of dreading senior year and not having you guys around um but especially with the virus hitting when it has I feel like I feel like I've I feel like God has placed me um in the grade I'm in and he's put me here now for this specific purpose um like for instance um, I've kind of taken charge on doing online Sunday school this year. Um, me and Mr. Markert have kind of taken that charge. And, like, I don't want to say it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't here, because I think it would have either way. But I know that um, some of the Sunday school teachers have been thankful that that I have the the knowledge of how to make that sort of thing. So, just, like, seeing how doing what god wants me to like for instance last summer at your at your graduation party matt when i asked mrs conan if i could um help if i could be a sunday school teacher and i was just kind of nervous about that like is this really what god wants me to do like i'm not really sure about that um but then eight months later like being like yep that's exactly what god wanted me to do just like the satisfaction that that brings me is just like so awesome i guess um and that's something that i'm learning is like it, it really is best for me to do what God wants me to do. So, and that factored hugely into my college decision because I was super nervous about, about going to, I'm going to BC for people who don't know. Um, I was super nervous about going to a not Christian school, so to say, since it's not a Christian school, it's a Jesuit school. Um, because I was like afraid. I, I was like, I've grown up in a, being a pastor's kid like sort of in a christian bubble but like it just seemed like that was where god wanted me to be so like i've had to step out in faith and trust him that this is exactly what he wants for me and i'm just like so excited to see how it's going to play in and like where where i'm where the like i'm just excited to be happy you know what i mean i'm excited for the satisfaction that is waiting for me since i'm like confident that this is where god wants me to be mm-hmm. yeah and yeah uh, and i yeah well i was just gonna say and john piper has that famous quote where it's like um we are most satisfied when or no god is most glorified when we when we are most satisfied no wait we are most satisfied when god is most glorified something like that something to that effect um and so 
I'm just looking forward. I think that that is like the mantra for my senior year is like glorifying God. I've just learned that that's so true. Like glorifying God mm-hmm. is the easiest, most surefire way to gain satisfaction. And acquiring a taste for for the satisfaction of, of doing what God wants you to do is going to serve you so well, even beyond this year. Um, I, yeah, I hope so. It, oh, it definitely will. It's yeah. that's such a valuable thing. Well, I, yeah, I just mean I hope that I have fully acquired that taste. That's like a taste that I want to yeah. have. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, and like, obviously, it hasn't been all smooth sailing. Like, it's not like I'm just like some golden child kid. Like, I I've been one of the biggest things that I've had um, trouble with this past year is like remembering that it's not about me you know what I mean it really is like about glorifying God and like I can do all these things and like start a ministry and teach a Sunday school class and whatever but ultimately like like I don't want to make a name for myself which is hard because like sinful me wants to make a name for myself you know what I mean like I want to leave with a legacy having left a legacy behind um so that like there are there are still things that I that I struggle with, and I think that's probably one of the biggest ones. And I'm excited to see how God um, fixes that in me, I guess, because I'm sure that He will help me out with that. Yeah, and I think it'll be cool to see. Um, and I noticed just listening to your story how you talked about kind of being um, apprehensive about um, all of us meaning Cameron Adam and I uh leaving and you being well feeling like you're kind of the only one which I know you emphasize mm-hmm. on you're not but um I think going into a secular college like Boston College will be I think that'll really benefit you the lessons that you've learned this year um just on focusing on what God has planned for you not just um like whatever stepping out of your comfort zone and stuff and I think just looking also the fact that you've been public schooled for so long I think you're just very um ready to step out into an entirely different world and I do think that the lessons you've learned will be very valuable and will definitely help you through all of it yeah and I think if we ever decide to do a podcast on our schools and why we chose them or whatever um I can kind of go into this more um, mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I think that, like, just the way, like, all, all three of you guys were homeschooled at some point. I was never homeschooled, which was something that I was fr- kind of frustrated by for a little while. <laughs> um, I just think, like, looking back on my on my story, it's just, like, it, it makes sense now. <laughs> like, in hindsight, it makes sense why certain mm. things happened the way they did. Hey, um, you're getting a taste of homeschooling right now as you're home for the rest yeah, of the not. True. <laughs> yeah. I, I came to about the first half of kindergarten I was homeschooled. Uh, technically, I was started We should do an episode on, on schooling, actually. That would be a good time to talk about our colleges as well. Because yeah, I think totally. the homeschool, public school balance in our friend group is an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, so I'll, I'll save all that for later. But I, to keep it short, I agree, Matt. I think, I think God has uh, just gifted me with... Um, I've learned lessons growing up that I didn't know why I learned them, but now I do. So awesome. Yeah. Well, and that brings me comfort and that makes me feel a little bit more confident, confident about my choice to go to BC. So cool. Yeah. 
on to Cameron. Yeah, so Cam, uh, you're up, bud. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep this short. Moid Um Because we talked about being done earlier. So 15 minutes um, ago. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? So I'll just go quick. I won't, I won't put in the uh, details. Um, all right. So, yeah. Um, like you guys, I also um, grew up. Christian parents, um, a church-going family. Um, you know, I accepted God, I think, when I was six, I want to say. Um, in my bedroom, after a night at Young Bereans, or Avodah, I think it was still. <laughs> um, yeah, and, um, you know, I just, I think it was because of the idea of eternal life in heaven um, with a little bit of the thought of eternal suffering in hell I like I feel like for me like Josh was kind of like scared he felt like he was almost scared into the decision I feel like for me it was almost like yeah like I want that you know I want eternal life in heaven Um, what 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 I could understand that was when I was six Um, so yeah i mean you know growing up in a christian home it um you can imagine how my life was um you know in elementary and middle school years you know just going to church doing the doing the uh, you know weekly church weekly youth group um going on the youth group events and like retreats and stuff um and i feel like um, I actually feel like up until this year um, when I did DTS my faith was very um, kind of like it, it, it lived on like specific times in, in my walk like Berea I think the second year I went to Berea Camp Berea um, that was kind of a big time in my walk with Christ because I um, rededicated my life to Christ and kind of made decided to have um, you know a faith of my own and not live a faith of my parents belief but you know I I realized that I believed it for myself Um, so I wanted to you know you know at six I kind of felt like I had not it hadn't been my own faith and so I rededicated my life to Christ um, that didn't change too much in my in what I did you know like I wasn't out partying or drinking or you know doing stuff like that I never was throughout high school or anything but you know um, I feel like I never had a real a genuine relationship with God that well, definitely that I have today, but, like, I feel like my relationship with God was almost like, you know, like that kid you know at school, but you're not friends with him. You know, you like, you think he's, you think he's great and everything, but it's not like you um, try to have a relationship with him and actually talk to him and conversate with him and grow your relationship daily. He was just kind of someone I knew, you know, and believed in, um, 
Mm-hmm. So it's actually crazy. Like after DTS or during DTS, I my faith totally changed and um, it became something incredibly real to me. Um, and my relationship with God grew immensely, like so massively. Um, and I just kind of, my priorities <laughs> like flipped um, in a way, just changed very dramatically. And um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I just learned so, so much and grew my faith a ton. Um, so, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to have been able to go on the trip in the first place. And then also, you know, I'm so grateful for what, how God used me on that trip and um, what he taught me. And, you know, I'm just grateful that um, he led me to have a strong relationship with him. And he, you know, he wants that for us. And I realized that. And um, I've just really... Um, been seeking after that during DTS and since then um, and I guess that's the incredibly short version <laughs> <laughs> I gave like no details um, but yeah I I guess one other thing like for me um, there were times kind of like what Adam was talking about there were kind of times I'd say um, most noticeably in high school um, there were a few times throughout the four years where I just, you know, wasn't really living my faith at all. I was acting like everyone else was talking like everyone else was, mm. you know, and just, you know, it had become such a, I kind of had the, a similar thought to Adam, like it was just rules that I had to follow. Um, and I didn't really know why or like really, um, fully grasp why I wasn't doing those things which I just knew it was wrong and knew that I would be in trouble (laughs) um, like if I didn't follow those things Um, so that's also something that's really cool that's just changed so much that I you know even if even if I wouldn't get in trouble I wouldn't want to do those things because I know um, why you know why I do things and why I don't do things um, you know, just from growing in my relationship with God and reading the word, you know, just like, I've, it's, it's so cool how much I've learned, um, and how I can seriously, like, um, just, just talk to God, like a friend, you know, like a, like someone you just like call up and you're like, Hey, and you know, that was not real for me at all, um, before DTS and, now it totally is so Mm -hmm. um yeah i i genuinely thank god for that every day and i think i will be for a long time if not for the rest of my life so Mm. um yeah i do know um that it it was very it is still really cool just to see because yeah throughout like you mentioned throughout the years there were definitely times that um your faith wasn't entirely um I don't, I don't want to say, like, genuine, but, like, you know what I mean, like... No, you, you'd be right okay. in saying that. Um, <laughs> but then, just coming back from um, your trip, I remember the first time we all hung out, just 
we'd never really done this before, like ever, maybe once or twice. And it was the first time mm-hmm. that you would come back and we'd all seen you in six months. And we just had like a two hour long, um, like heart to heart, but like spiritual discussion. Deep and that was just so cool yeah. to see. Cause like no offense, but you were always kind of the like, um, <laughs> the one that would get off topic or like wouldn't want to totally, talk about yeah, that just, type of stuff. Yeah, I left out the whole ADHD thing. <laughs> <laughs> too long. But I'm not one to like, you know, conversate for more than a few minutes. But <laughs> that that also has changed. But yeah, it was yeah. just really cool to see us all get to back together and just have such a deep conversation. Um, and I've definitely noticed a huge growth in you. So that's been really cool to see. I remember, I think it was Christmas break. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I, mm. I, Cam, you called me like late at night and we ended up talking about um, just about no, it was morning. our faith. Well, it was morning, morning for you. <laughs> and and I literally, when you hung up the phone, like I actually teared up Mm-mm. because I was just like, had never heard you talk about your faith that way. And it, I was just like, mm. oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's so incredible and so encouraging to know that God is working so, so actively. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, bro. You made me late for school yeah. one day because you <laughs> called me like while I was walking out the door to school, <laughs> and like, you you like wanted Wait, to talk. That was ta- nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did night school now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That joke's been used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, bit. but you called me. I was like literally like starting my car to leave for school, and uh, and um, you were like trying to tell me about this like cool thing that you were doing in this one like in this one like tribe or something in Cambodia <laughs> this like this like uh, you were doing like a skit or something um and it, yeah it was, it was a, some village yeah and it was like I was like I was loving the conversation we were having so much that I just didn't go into school I just <laughs> chose to sit in my car in the parking lot and finish it up um that's the only time I've ever just blatantly skipped class was that was that time but yeah I would say I think all in all I think all four of us would agree that I think we actually have very similar testimonies in that we all grew up in the church. We all thought we all followed Christianity because it was something that we were told to do. Um, And to a certain extent, it was something that we wanted to do. Um, But this past year, we've all taken it to the next level and now rather than being embarrassed to be associated with god all the time we are like proud of that and yeah. that's something that we totally. that we want to be associated yeah totally. we want to be associated with and um i would say i don't know maybe maybe that means i wasn't actually saved until the last year in which case, case that's a risque conversation. That's a yeah. discussion for another day. That's a that's a discussion for another day. But whatever the case, whatever the Dude, case, that's the kind of thing you say at a Christian college, and you literally just have like fifteen people start talking oh, at the totally. same time. But <laughs> I, I won't do ever actually, say that at a Christian college. Um, <laughs> I, hate I know. I know we need to wrap this up, but and I don't know who's listening to this ever. But seriously, Us. if anyone who is ever listening to this. If you are interested in learning more about our faith and what we believe, um, please don't hesitate 
to reach out to me and I'm assuming any of us um, yeah, be happy sure. to more than happy to I'd be thrilled to um, talk with whoever you are about it and share more and help you through the process if you're interested yes totally, totally. yeah and no, I just want to shout out the sponsor um, <laughs> Jesus Jesus Christo oh, yeah. from <laughs> Heaven from where <laughs> quick um, little yeah we just really appreciate quick little Jesus plug what you're doing for us yep yeah also want to um, um, another minor sponsor is the ESV translation of the Bible <laughs> <laughs> Yes. ESV because it's the best translation. Oh, man. Okay, we got to end this quick before this gets heated. (laughs) Yeah, amen, Adam. Amen. (laughs) Now we get to the the awkward outro. All right, peace out, people. Don't hate us. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Next week is to be determined. To be determined. (laughs) (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da-da.